0: Listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Father, in this moment, we've come together this morning to be in your presence and to turn our eyes upon you. We thank you that you're not just someone who's far away, but someone who wants to meet us where we are this day. You've heard our worship from our hearts, our voices, our minds. but now, Lord, may you listen, uh, bring to us the message that we want to hear from you this day as we put everything aside and just look to you intently as we look to your word once again. We ask these things and to look to your working. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. It's a privilege to be with you today and to have the opportunity to speak and preach once again is, is a great, great thing for me. And uh, I've always appreciated the opportunity to come, and uh, in this case, fill in for Pastor Melden uh, in this great church ministry and development that's going forward. I pray that this morning that God's going to move your heart and your mind in ways that you will see him. You're not here to listen to me. You're listening for the word of God. You're listening for his spirit who wants to say something to you right now, where you are, what's going on in your life, what you're dealing with, so that at the end of this moment, uh, you are richer for being in his presence and hearing from him as we've come together. Realizing this is a great uh, Thanksgiving Sunday. And uh, it's actually the first Thanksgiving since uh, COVID started back in March. And so in a sense, it's at that real moment of challenge. Can we be thankful in the middle of everything else that's going on around us? It's amazing how a single virus could have it start in one point of the world and then spread through across the globe and in turn impact pretty much everybody in some way in all the countries and all the people and all the locations. It's taken us down. It's limited us. There's been losses of all kinds. We now have to move about with regarding who we're close to. There's social distancing. We're limited with masks and the number of people that can get together. We have to do gel and hand washing. Well, hand washing is probably a good thing for this time of year with the flu that wants to come around, but we'll, we'll keep going with it. Uh, but there's a lot of other challenges that have come. I, my heart goes out to people who've had businesses, people who have invested all they have in their energy and time and now They're dealing with the losses and not sure they're able to come back. Other people who have had jobs and maybe long-term jobs, but they're gone and they're not sure if that's coming back. And how will they pay the bills that are just immediately still on their doorstep? And then there's the people who, if they're dealing with retirement and investments in the last while, watching them just plummet in that moment, wondering what's going to happen with all of that. And we're thankful some of that's come back. but, But for the most part, it leaves great insecurity. And then there's the whole things of the things we like to do, the entertainment world. They think of just being able to be involved in sports or go watch sporting events. It's gone or it's slowly coming back. Then going out to movies and, and ultimately to restaurants. and We get some of that back, but that's still pretty limited. And of course, then this whole thing of travel, how much of that happens around the world and it's just come to a halt. Now, fortunately for travel, if you live in BC, you don't have to go too far to find some really nice things to enjoy. But that, that does not recover it, and, and we, we make do in the context we find ourselves. And then there's a the whole thing of health. Some are dealing with the very serious illness of what COVID-19 represents. There's death. Few have been touched by that, and families that are related to them have, are feeling that strain and the touch. Some are seriously shaken by this all. Others are taking it in stride. Some are just straight out annoyed with all that's going on. But how can we be thankful at a time like this? Well, the world would look to all its great ideas and philosophies, and I would like to draw on one great secular philosopher, Mr. Bob Marley, who uh, had his great silly little song and tried to say, don't worry, be happy. He talked about in his song, you don't have a place to lay your head, Uh, rent is late, they're going to litigate, you don't have cash, you're all alone, but don't worry, just be happy. Well, and he says ultimately in that song, if you're having problems and you can't do it, call me and talk with him. Well, uh, you can't do that because in 1981 he died at the age of 35, so that resource is gone. So you're pretty much uh, just coming back to some kind of idea. A lot of people have sometimes just stuck their head in the sand and trying to ignore it. Others deny its reality. Some are trying to cope in new ways. Maybe there's more people going to drinking and drugs. Who knows? Maybe there's people who are just pushed more to eating or just buying things on Amazon. All kinds of things trying to be done to cope with the context we find ourselves in. But tomorrow, the problems seem to still be there. And with that, the fears and the depression that's just touching our world in so many ways. Well, today I've got something that's going to bring you beyond all of that. And for followers of Jesus Christ, this is a special reality. And I can say to you this morning, don't worry, be thankful. And The reason because of that is we look to what God has for us. We're going to look at his word this morning. I hope this message will lift your heart and enable your thanksgiving to abound and maybe come to new light in life. This message applies to the COVID issues, but it also applies to maybe those things that were in your life prior to COVID. Struggles and trials that you were going through and you weren't sure how you were going to cope with all of that. Or maybe there's some things that are happening to you right now, or maybe we're not even sure what the future holds, and there could be at some point even increased persecution for believers as we get closer to Jesus' return. How would we cope with the intensity of our lives changing? What I have this morning is something that applies to whatever the context may be. Paul teaches us how to rise above the problems. And we're going to look at one passage, so I invite you to take your Bibles and turn in them to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 7 to 18. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 18. And we're going to see and hear about how it is that we can be thankful even in the midst of the difficulties that we face. Starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. So with God's word, we find that there is messages of hope The first point I'd like to bring forward is that thankfulness is possible in troubled times. As we look at verses 8 and 9, we see the list of the difficulties and the reality of the difficulties that we face. It says we, the we is talking about followers of Jesus. We do not have lives totally free of any kind of problem. We have our challenges. It says we are pressed on every side. In other words, we get stressed in many, many aspects, but it says we're not crushed. He goes on to say that we may be perplexed. In other words, we're not having all the answers. In fact, sometimes we end up with more questions than we have answers. But in it, we do not move into despair. We are persecuted. We might feel under attack, possibly even for trusting in Jesus and mocked because we believe in him. But in that, he says, we may be persecuted, but we are not abandoned. God promises, I will never leave you or forsake you. And and what is man uh, that we should worry about? If God is for us, who can be against us? The fourth point that is said is that we can be struck down as we might be hurt emotionally or, or suffer pain physically or, or just the loss of so many things. But he says we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. God has our back as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, the people who do not follow Jesus cannot say these things to the same way. In other words, a lot of people in our world are pressed today, but they run the risk of being crushed because they do not have the sustaining work of God in their life. They are also perplexed. They have all those questions, but they are, they're moving into despair and depression right now is in our world is huge and even growing more and more. We may be persecuted where they feel they too are under attack and they're not sure what's going to happen. They feel that they are abandoned. We're thankful for what government has done to help and assist in so many of the different parts of our lives. But when those things come to an end, the next question is, well, what will government continue to do for us? And if they don't do anything, there's a sense of feeling abandoned in that moment. And of course, being struck down, there is the pain, there is the hurt emotionally, the running, the risk of being destroyed. They don't have that girding of God's hand upon their life. I know from my own situation, I can identify with the struggles that are happening right now with COVID and all that's going around it. Uh, A couple of years ago, I completed my previous ministry. And for whatever reason, another opportunity hasn't opened up. So I found myself... Unemployed for the last two years, and before that started before COVID came into the picture. Um, I applied for EI, but after 40 years of paying into it, I was refused it, so that hope that there would be some financial help fell through the cracks. My wife, who is a private music teacher uh, teaching from home, COVID shut her down, so the financial crunch was on for us. Second to that issue <clears throat> was on June of 2019, I came down with a, a disease called the adult-onset stills disease something that would uh, bring to me pain every day in various joints in my body. I would not know how much it would be or where it would be or how long it would last. And every day I would live with this pain going through day after day after day. Uh, It left me at a place where I was not able to work. My family watched what used to be a a live and moving kind of guy just sort of crumpled up and sitting down and lying down for most of the day. But with that, what was going to happen? And with that moment, we suddenly realize we're, we're looking at what the retirement is. And so we're saying, what can we do with our funds? But, but retirement, is, this is not a good time for we'd be taking things out because everything had crashed. So what do we do to help ourselves financially going forward? I too and my wife, we would be prone to worry. But what we found is that as we kept looking to Jesus and keeping our heart on the word of God and his truths to us, there was a peace that came upon our lives where I did not find myself worrying and panicking day after day. In fact, God provided in wonderful ways to help us financially, to help even to lead to some medications, to help to take away some of this pain. It's improved, it's not totally out of the woods, but a lot of the limits that were there have been falling away. You see, we could come to God who says, Don't worry. And why can he say that? It's because he's going to be there. He's not going to die. He's going to stay. He has abundant resources beyond what we could ima- ask or imagine. As we look to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 32, we see where God says, don't worry. Just listen to what he has to say. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, See, God can say, don't worry for the follower of Jesus Christ because he says, I've, I've got your back. I know that you need these things. I know you need food and clothes and all the other things of part of life, and, and, you, and we are valuable to him. And with that, he's not going to leave us hanging. Verse 33 and 34, it says, to seek first his kingdom. To focus our actions now, not on the panics of life, but to do the things that God wants to do in our lives. So we move away from being so self-focused and realizing that he says, and all these things will be added to you. But he says, now do the things that I'd like to work to do through you in touching the world that's around you. That's what the kingdom work is all about. He says the pagans, those people without God, they worry and they run after and they need and they really need to because their only resource is themselves. If they don't pull it together they're at a loss, where we have the promises of God and the resources of God. For my wife and I, we found this was true. And with that, we could be thankful. So to be thankful, how do we do that? To be thankful, we refocus on our treasure. Verse 7 says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We as followers of Jesus have a treasure. With that, there's the treasure of of life, there's the treasure of God, there's the treasure of Jesus, there's the treasure of all the things he's talked to us about. But what do you treasure? What do you treasure? Are you tied to the things of this world? So when you look at it, the people of the world are losing the very things that they treasure. They can't hang on to it. If if they lose their finances, if they lose their jobs, the things they have to, they have to walk away from it. See, our treasure is not of this world. With all that is happening the things that we hope for as believers are untouched. Now, we don't, it's not that we don't feel the losses of the things that are happening around in our lives as well, but we value things that are greater than just what's in this world. One is we value the love of God, and what a treasure to have him as our father, to be his child, to know that he cares and he gives to us. But then also to know that, that Jesus and his presence does life with us. He's living in us. Scripture says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, when I often talk of Jesus, I think sometimes people can think of the man of Galilee. And rightfully so. We have a lot in the Bible and the New Testament that talks about Jesus who, who walked this earth. But we need to get sometimes a bigger picture of that. You see, his life didn't start in Bethlehem. He was the second person of the Trinity. He lived in eternity past. And so he had this interlude where he came into the world so that he would be amongst us. But with that, he went back to his heavenly father, back to heaven, and continues for all eternity. Because, see, Jesus is the king of kings. And if we can catch this greater glimpse of who Jesus is alongside our heavenly father and realize that these are the people that are watching over our lives, it's pretty amazing. If you want to catch a glimpse of it, John had that moment, that time of vision in Revelation chapter 1, 13-18. We read the following things and just catch a little bit of what John was experiencing. He says, And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forevermore. See, when we catch that glimpse of Jesus in this picture, you'd be like John, if we suddenly see for who he really is, we would fall to our feet as well fall to our knees and realize that that he is so vast. A little bit more, again, when you come to Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 16, this is the moment when Jesus is returning to the earth and coming for his children. And the world, and everyone's going to see him, and this is what John writes of what he sees. He says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty." On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Does the word help us to catch that moment, to catch that glimpse of who Jesus fully is in power and in majesty? One day our redeemer, our coming king will come. And there's so much in him. And yet even now in, in very simple ways, he lives within us and wants to do life alongside of us. And from the cross, he has so much invested in you that he wants you to realize that you matter deeply, that you are loved deeply. So what is COVID? What is any trial or tribulation that we might face? We need to get our eyes off of the issues around us and, re- and for the moment put them back upon him. I think back to the, the account of where Jesus was with his disciples and they're in the boat and they go out in the sea and a storm comes along. And it's it's a big enough storm because Peter and some of the other fishermen, they're on the water. You think, well, they're at home in their element, but they too are scared because they realize this storm is big enough, it could take them down to a loss of life. Think if you were Levi, the tax collector, you're probably, you know, that cushy job back at the table. Now you're on the water, he's probably totally out of his element. So they're really worried and not knowing what's going to happen. But Jesus is right there. They're panicked. They're not showing what to do, and, but, but he's right there. As Jesus right now in the midst of whatever, you may feel panicked. He is right there with you, and they just had to turn to him. And Jesus spoke, talked to them that they needed to have that moment of faith, that they needed to have greater faith to trust and realize that, yes, there's a storm. Yes, it's dark and windy and cold and wet, but I'm here with you. I think of a child that's panicking. It gets into a situation where it doesn't know what's happening, and what does the parent often do? The parent will come alongside them, draw them close and gently put their hands to their face and turn that moving head. and just say, look at me in the eyes. And they'll take that moment and they'll just say, listen, it's going to be okay. And that child, because they now aren't darting and looking around at everything, they just focus in on the, the, the face of that parent and they calm. And they're fine. The situation hasn't changed, but they're calm in that moment. We need to have that moment where we look to the face of Jesus, that we look to our Heavenly Father and believe what we know we believe, that God is sovereignly in control. And I'd like to encourage you today, there's a lot of fear about COVID. I'll tell you this, if God doesn't want you to have COVID, you're not going to get COVID in his sovereignty. Now, if if you do get it, it's because of a greater purpose that we may not even see. But in that, he can sustain us, he can even heal us of it and bring us back to full health and strength. But even if we as a believer or follower of Jesus Christ were to die from COVID, and we're not wanting to, we want to be in this world to serve and to enjoy the things that he's blessed us with, we even have this hope, that we know that heaven awaits us. And in time, a great family reunion of family and friends to be together in heaven forever and the glories of heaven. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later as well. You see, the disciples were caught up with the wind and the waves and the darkness. What are we looking at in these days? You see, if we can see all that we have and it goes beyond our Father and it goes beyond Jesus to the crowns of righteousness to the, the eternal rewards that God has for us to the place of heaven and all that is included that will not be for 70 to 90 years of our life but rather forever and ever going forward in eternity. And when we review and see all the promises of the word of God and they are trustworthy in our eternal home we can find a sense of peace We're like, okay, yeah, it's shaky now, but, but there's God's in control of it there, and he's watching over me. In verse 7, he says, there's that all-surpassing power that is at work in us, which is unique, and, and, and it works, and it helps us as believers to cope, and I've seen that in my own life when I've had times when it's been really challenging and, and different things were shaken, and, and by praying and trusting him, there was a calm. And he talks about this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We read the following. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To see how that works, he says, Don't be anxious, don't worry. But in every situation, pray. What is prayer? It's taking that moment and sitting down and talking with God and believing that he hears you and enter into where the spirit can talk back and, and give you messages, whether it's through the word of God or just in your heart and your mind. But he says, pray and then give your petitions. In other words, you can make your request, make your ask and bring it to him. And then follow that with thanksgiving, realizing, you know what, this is pretty amazing. I thank you that I can talk to you, Lord. As you present your request to God, He says, and then the peace of God comes. A peace of God, and it says, it transcends all understanding. We can't figure out how this works, but all of a sudden, in the middle of whatever we're dealing with, this peace comes over us, and it guards our hearts, and it guards our minds. I think of this, there's so much people where we are so in our hearts and our minds physically, we are stressed. And our hearts just push us and push us, and our minds race on with worry. But God says, I'm going to give you peace in both of those locations. And so our ability to do this is not something we pull up for ourselves because he says, we're just jars of clay. There's really not that much to us. It's God working with his all-surpassing power. And the purpose we see from verse 10 is that the very life of Jesus is revealed through us. So we can find a strength to be thankful in difficult times. I think our problem is that we lose sight of all that God has for us. We get caught up in the things around us. And so in those moments, we need to refocus. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. With that, thankfulness in trials testifies. In other words, when the people of the world look upon our lives, and they see that in the midst of everything un, un, that's unstable and shaken, and they can see a peace and a confidence. They are going to say, how can you be that way? The Bible says they'll ask us for the reason for the hope that's within us. They say, this is not, you're doing something that doesn't make sense. You're at peace. See, this is a time where we should be a bright light within the darkness of our world. By the faith that we believe, and we believe that God is there, and we believe the things we've read in the word of God, and now with that, it it undergirds us in a way that we have a strength. That's why it's important important that you have uh, devotions and be at, and connecting with church like this morning as you're here and you're listening. Whether you could be in a location on some Sunday or whether you catch it online, just don't miss it because this is where God speaks into our lives through His Word. Whether it's a small group or your own Bible reading or other Christian books, it's so important to be learning these things because this is what puts into us that we're able to cope when things really get tough. If you aren't, if you're away from God, if you aren't in the Word of God and suddenly something comes along it's a problem, you're going to be shaky because you haven't been close to your resource. There's such great treasures and because of this is so rich for us, it says, because there's such a great treasure, therefore we speak. We speak up to tell other people about it. One of the great treasures is wonderfully that we, we know God. We see this from verse 14. We know the God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. His grace has been, made this all possible. Just listening to the Truth Project just in the last little while, talked about just the fact of the privilege that we have, that we actually get to know God, the creator of us all. And he's made himself known. He wants to see us to see him in the word of God and to know who he is. But even more so, not just to know the things about him, but to know him in a sense of relationship. See, it's one thing to know the one who raised Jesus from the dead and believe that. And we need to believe that reality historically and powerfully as it is. But we also have things throughout the rest of the Bible. Go to the Old Testament and you've got the Exodus and the Red Sea crossing and the flood and Daniel in the lion's den and the fiery furnace. And we see that God engages with his people at some of those very most intense times of their lives. His power can be at work in you today. Psalm 106 verse 1 says this in response. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Another version says his steadfast love is forever. It's solid. It's there. He still loves us deeply. That the world might be changing, but he still loves us. The relationship is such an important part of it, because you need to feel that that he's there, as opposed to just an idea. I think of it this way um, when my stills disease was coming on and everything was falling apart for me for a number of months um, my wife luella was there alongside and in her love the relationship was there and basically it was it was a, such a strengthening factor just to have her care and support as i went through all of this and see that's the same thing right now is the relationship that you have with god if you're doing life with him and then things come shaky you find an ability to stand and be strong Romans eight thirty-five and then 37 to 39 says that, that God is with us. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The world may be shaking, but we're in his arms. We're in his care. Nothing will separate us from us. We as a result, we can be conquerors where where the world is falling apart, we are standing. Have you seen him? Do you know him? Open your Bible once again and let it be there. uh, Verse 15 of our passage says, All of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. All of this that we have from the word of God, all we have in Jesus Christ, all the things that may even challenge us are for the benefit that God wants to do at work in our lives. And he says this grace is reaching more and more people. In other words, the the, the sense of the gospel going out needs to go out, and even at a time like this, it has to go farther and greater to, to touch more lives. And we speak up because we believe this deeply. And it results in us to being thankful for all that we have in Christ. He gives us more and more, and we live with peace in the midst of a storm. Now, we shouldn't be reckless. We shouldn't put God to the test. We still need to be responsible. So, we need to follow the directions that we have been about COVID. Uh, it's a serious illness, and we can't play games with that. But with that, we find ourselves being thankful. And I like how he says, and a thankfulness that overflows. It's one thing to have a little bit and some more, but now this is, this is overflowing. It's, it's, it can't be contained, this thankfulness. Is that where you are today? I can only think for myself uh, that in those moments when it's toughest, my thankfulness is sort of held down. But when I get to back to God, and I see him, and I learn, and I listen to him, it starts to flow up and up, and it goes over. And now it goes beyond just being thankfulness, but it says it results in further to the glorifying of God. Now it's not just I'm thankful for this and this and this and this. Now it's a case, God, you're just amazing. You're wonderful. And now, when your heart and your mind moves from just being thankful for things to glorifying and praising God for who He is, do you see what's happened to your worry? It's nowhere. It's fallen away. You're not caught up with all these things that are happening around you. The result is, in verse 16, it says, "...it results in a peace, therefore we do not lose heart, and the troubles fade in intensity." In verse 16, the second part says we gain inward renewal and we need to look for this in this moment where in the midst of these things that are going on, we're getting stronger and stronger. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says trials come to develop us, to develop perseverance. We develop our strength and faith. He says count it pure joy. Count it pure joy for trials? It doesn't sound like a right thing. But I'd like to compare that to like when I was involved in sports and, and you're playing against another team and that team is so much more advanced than you and you know, you're know you going to get beat bad in the process. It's tough. You get out there and you play, but you know what? It stretches you and your team. And the more you play those tougher teams, you get better and better in your play as you take it on. And that's the same thing. God may allow trials and struggles in our lives, but with that, he's developing perseverance, not because we're doing it ourselves, but because God is building and working in that as well. And the world is watching on. And it's time for the light of God to shine forward. This isn't a time to be silent. I'm I'm so excited about Hope Bible Church and, and Pastor Meldon and, and seeing the things that we followed a little bit from time to time. But to see all that is going on, you're not shutting down. You're going after this in a greater zeal and fervor for God. May God bless all of you for your, your efforts in all of this. But what happens now is we comes it comes to perspective. And perspective enables thankfulness. And we find this in verse 17. In verse 17 it says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. (laughs) Light troubles, momentary troubles. I don't think those are two words we use to describe our troubles usually, but he puts them as light issues. I think of it this way. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, being close to Okanagan Lake, and it was a really windy, stormy day. And to see the lake, and the the swells are probably at least four feet, maybe heading towards five feet. I've never seen the lake so turned up and churned up. And with that, the waves are coming on shore, just crashing and pounding on everything that was there. And that can be our lives in the midst of COVID, in the midst of whatever is coming at us. And we can feel that pounding, that swell and surge that's all out there. When you think of it, if you went down below the surface, you know, five, ten feet, maybe stirred a little bit, but beyond that, that massive lake that sits out there is probably not stirred. What's only shaken is the top part, and it's only for the moment while the wind and the waves whip it up into into the storm. We have so much more in Christ that even if we have trials, it's only on the surface. And if we compare that to all eternity, this moment in time in our lives, COVID hasn't even been here a year yet. But should it go for a year or two, what's that going to be in view of the rest of your whole life? But put that against eternity. What will it matter? So for the moment, we have to put on a mask. So we have to watch our distance. And, and limiting is annoying, yes, but for now, it's only for the moment. And that's the second point here. These are momentary issues. They're not going to be something that's going to just be forever and ever and ever. I believe in God's hands. I think of it this way to illustrate. In grade nine, uh, I failed French nine. I'm not proud of it, and I wish I would have passed it, but it. And it was a big loss to me because to stay in the academic program, you had to keep the French courses going through grade 10. So I knew I'd have to repeat it and go on to French 10 and and keep going. So I studied hard, but I felt a loss. And in that moment, I was just sort of shaken. But I needed a bigger view of things. Over the whole of life, what would it mean? I was loved by my family and friends. The events that passed and faded. I I got married. We got kids, have a career. We've lived in different places and houses and cars. We've traveled a little bit it, so there's a lot of wonderful things. In fact, most times I don't remember French 9 at all. Today, what did it matter? But I'll say this much. prayed about it back then because it mattered to me, and it mattered to me, and therefore it mattered to God. And God brought about something that was really unique in a wonderful way, helped me to finish out French 9 actually relatively quickly and move directly into French 10 within that same year. See, COVID has shaken us, and there are real losses, and there is despair. But the limits, I believe, will pass one day. You might get COVID. It may also pass. Your health might be hurt from COVID. God can sustain you just as he's doing for me. My health is not all that it can be, but he's giving me the ability to get up and keep going. Not as strong as I have been, not as capable, but life, life is not this big shadow that it once upon a time was. Now, you might have loss of life, but that's where we put our faith and as it relates to heaven and the reunion of God being there in the future and eternity. See, God says in Matthew 6:34, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough work on its own, which is true. So don't let COVID wreck your Thanksgiving and your future. And how do you do that? We find that in verse 18. Verse 18 says, so fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Fixing our eyes on the unseen. That sounds like how do you do it? How do you look at the unseen kind of things? It's because we're not looking at physical things. We're looking at the truths and the realities of God and what He said in His Word. If we keep looking at the human things, like now, if, if we keep watching those news reports and those stats that just seem to keep piling onto us, it will breed fear, it'll breed worry, and we'll feel despair. But if we look to the unseen things of faith that God has for us in His Word, where he has been proven faithful to keep his word. We'll find that we move away from that shaky context. The unseen is eternal, and that's what really matters to us. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And he is with you in the storm. For the joy of for him in the case that he endured the cross because of the joy that he saw that was ahead of him. Well, we may have to endure the moment, but it's only because we, we look to the things that are ahead of him. Romans 8 and verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The present sufferings. Compare that to heaven. Compare that to the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, the beauty in all its description, the glory of what it will represent, the fact that we are with God and with Jesus and with all the others of similar faith, as well as all the people in the Bible that were just amazing people, will have forever to meet and talk and enjoy all kinds of things. For now, in verse 28 it says, now God works for the good of us who love him. So even though it's COVID, even though it's tough, God is at work in ways that we can't see to still build and develop into our lives. And for that, we can be thankful. For that, we can glorify Him because it's not going to beat us. This stuff is not going to beat us down. We're going to rise and we can rise above it. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've denied God or have never accepted Him, unfortunately, you're on your own. You're left to worry. You may be crushed. You might find that you're into despair. You might feel abandoned. You might even be destroyed. Oh, there might be some resources that help you through that and some will will be able to keep going a little stronger. But there's a lot of battles that go on in here and in here. Even though we might be resourced in various ways. Today, if you want the reality of what we've been talking about, how you can stand in the midst of whatever trial comes, you need to choose Jesus today. And he wants to be with you. The Father wants to take you and put his arms around you as a child and say, listen, I've got you. To do that, it's simple. You, you feel free to contact Hope Bible Church and Pastor Meldon. I'm sure they'll help you in any way of discovering this more, but it's very simple. One, just believe that God and Jesus love you. Secondly, that there is this thing called sin that separates us from, from God and that has to be dealt with. And if it's not, it'll cause us that separation from God for all eternity in a place called hell. And so with that, we we look to the solution that Jesus brought, and that's when he went to the cross, is I'm going to pay the penalty for that sin. Because see, that sin is what's going to keep you out of heaven. It's not because you're doing a bunch of good stuff here that you're going to get. It's because the sin that's in your life hasn't been taken care of. Until you take care of that through the forgiveness that Jesus provided on the cross. You're bound for a wrong direction. So believing that Jesus has done that, you need to say, Jesus, come in, forgive me for my sin, cleanse me. Help me to be the person you want me to be. And then choose to now then look and read the word of God. See what it says about who you are in Jesus, what you have available, the promises of God. Learn to, again, to know who God is in, in the events, but also to know God personally. Get God as your father and enjoy him. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And that's the point to us as followers. If we're getting comfort from this and people are saying, hey, how do you do this? You need to say, I'm going to tell you about it. It's this person called Jesus who's in my life and it's about my heavenly father who's watching over me. In Second Corinthians chapter 1, and verses 8-10, to 10 it says, we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. For that We glorify him. May I encourage you, fix your eyes on Jesus. Know the God that you believe in from the word. and Know that he is right there. And with that, find that ability to have your strength renewed, that you mount up with wings like eagles, that you run and are not weary. You walk and you're not faint. COVID or whatever your challenge might be is light and it's momentary. Keep that perspective and look to the glory of eternity and all that is ahead for you as a follower of Jesus Christ. It far outweighs whatever difficulties we face right now. We do not lose hope, but we give thanks and may your thanks grow to where it moves on to glorifying God for all of who he is and not only just for what he has done for us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. And I look to each of the, the people that are listening this, this morning. They're in need of you, and you are faithful to your children. May you lift their hearts and their minds to see you and to look into your face once again to know that all is going to be well, and that you will sustain and keep them in all that they will be dealing with and going through, whether it's COVID or other issues of their lives. Lord, may our hearts this morning well up into thankfulness. May we take a moment to review all the good things you have done for us, but then also to glorify you for just who you are. And for that, we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.